This is Redefining the Counterculture on Witten Radio. Make sure to check out our website at wittenradio.com. You're listening to another episode of Redefining the Counterculture right here on Witten Radio. Uh, today we are joined once again by award-winning journalist and author Katina Rankin. Katina, how are you? I'm great, Walter. How are you? Hey, doing well, doing well. I'm super excited to talk with you on today's show. So we're following up with you. You've released your second book now in a series of children's books that highlights the many milestones of the civil rights movement, the first being that of the late Emmett Till. And now you've got a new book titled Megger Evers. Uh, He taught his kids to crawl so that we could stand And it's a really, really, really great book. I actually have a copy of it. I bought a copy for my mother. And it's one of those books where I was kind of concerned because I was like, how is she going to turn this into a a children's book? But you did so, and you did so very, very well, I might say. I wanted to just candidly ask you, why Medgar Evers? What about him drew you to write a book. He's one of the civil rights leaders that's oftentimes forgotten compared to Malcolm Martin. He seems like he just doesn't get the recognition that he deserves. Why Medgar? Well, first and foremost, thank you very much for supporting me and buying a copy of the book for yourself and for your mother. I, I'm glad that you enjoyed it and I hope that she will too. Why not Medgar is really the question. Um, for me, it was a no-brainer. I grew up in Mississippi. Medgar was from Mississippi, Decatur, lived in Jackson, um, where he died. And really, when I started out in journalism, the first court case that I covered was the case of Byron Delabequa, the man that was convicted of killing Medgar Evers. And so it was important for me to tell his story and for kids to learn early about his life and his legacy. And not only what he gave to the state of Mississippi, but what he gave to the nation, to the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. I had actually had planned to ask you about that because I know with your journalism career that you had indeed uh, covered the trial of Byron Dela Beckwith. What was it like covering that trial? Because this man, he was ruthless and they had tried to actually convict him, I think several, you know, at least one time before and... At one point, it was said that no no jury in Mississippi would ever convict him. But years later, you know, as an aging old man who was really almost on his deathbed, he was tried and convicted. What was it like covering that trial for you? I mean, it must have been, part of you must have had some joy in knowing that he finally was, you know, going, going to see justice. But it must have been hard, I would imagine, as well, being a, an African-American woman and, you know, with Megger being from the same state that you're from? You know, um, actually, I cannot be biased when I'm covering a story. And so it wasn't difficult for me, to be honest. I knew that I had to go into that courtroom every day. I had to listen to the witnesses that took the stand. I had to try to interview those witnesses when they came out of that courtroom. And then I had to accurately portray and tell the story of what was happening. And so to sum it up in one word, how was it? covering that trial historic absolutely now if i'm not mistaken you have a a relationship with maker's widow merley tell me about merley what is your i guess your fondest story about just talking with her and, and and meeting her well i got a chance to uh interview her a couple of times but the one that sticks out to me is when they unveiled a statue 
of Medgar down on the campus of Alcorn State University. And of course, both Medgar and Murley uh, went to Alcorn State and that's where they met and then they later married. Um, so one word describes her, strength. Uh, to really teach your kids and try to protect your kids about the civil rights era and them living it and how to stay alive. Uh, and for her to have her own husband gunned down in her driveway where she's only, you know, feet inside uh, with the children. Uh, she just represents strength and dignity to me. Uh, but during that interview, I will never forget what she told me. She said, uh, I want you to remember one thing, and that is you are where you are because of my husband. And what she was meaning was is that I would not be on air, an on-air personality, at the particular station where I was working in Jackson, Mississippi at the time. And that's because Megger actually sued that particular NBC station to be on the air because back in the day, things were going on and he wanted to be on television and they would not allow him, an African-American man, to be on television. Mm. And so the way that he got his message out was that he would send his press releases to the NAACP, uh, the national NAACP, since he was the field secretary for the NAACP in Mississippi, and he would send it to black press. And then once they got it, uh, the national media would pick it up. But, you know, just like Merley said, um, if it had not been, been for him suing, then I would not even have been afforded the opportunity to sit on the television as an anchor. Absolutely. In your opinion, would you say that Medgard would be proud of the progress that's been made today in terms of race relations and just how we have come as a people? I can't answer that because I never got a chance to meet Medgar. I have listened to his wife um, give interviews and speeches on the occasion, and I know at one point that she said that we needed to be careful um, because some of the things that you know we're experiencing in today's political climate uh, is reminiscent of what was happening in the past. Gotcha, gotcha. What was the writing process like for you with this book? I know that you know I, I've previously interviewed you with your book uh, Emmett Till. Uh, sometimes uh, good can come out of a bad situation. What was the writing process like for you with this particular book? You know, I've been very blessed. Um, but when you're given a God idea, then things are easy, if that makes sense. So I had covered the trial, so I knew uh, about Medgar and his life. But I also did research to learn about his family and to learn about his children. And so it was just putting the ideas down on paper. Uh, Katina, what is your hope uh, in terms of what people will take away from this book when they read it? I know that, you know, artists, writers, you know, will often say, you know, this is open for interpretation, but this is what it means to me. In this particular situation, what is your hope that people, what do you want them to get out of it when they read this book? Well, a couple of things, and I think the subtitle um, says it best. He taught his kids to crawl so we could stand. I mean, and literally, he did to survive in case there were snipers, in case there were people outside of their home. He taught them to crawl so that we could stand. So I want them to take that away. And a part of the book I included, colon, Kaepernick. 
and him taking a knee. Because in essence, that knee stands up for social, him taking a knee stands up for social injustice that's happening. And that's exactly what Mecker was doing. So the two correlate. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love it. The artwork, the writing, it's uh, it's poignant, it's spot on. And it, it's definitely, I think now more than ever, we need these these books to remind us of how far we've come and how far we still have to go to ensure that these things don't happen again. And if they start to happen, you know, my hope is the consciousness of America will, you know, wake up and follow the example of Medgar Martin and, and the countless others that, you know, have laid down their lives to ensure that, you know, we can live together as the human race and not just black folks and white folks and so on and so forth. Well, you know, Medgar was just amazing. His life was amazing. I mean, you know, he grew up in Decatur. He saw something very disturbing uh, growing up there, a man that was lynched. Um, and so he eventually enlisted into the armed forces, the army. He went off to fight. And when he was fighting abroad, he realized that Caucasians treated African-Americans like they were people. Um, but then when he came back home to Mississippi, it was not that. And so that sort of inspired him to do the work that he did. And so, you know, learning that about him is just amazing how, you know, you one person can make a difference, you know? Absolutely. You can see an injustice and say, no, it's not right. And so I'm going to use my voice and I'm going to work toward changing this. I think it's just a reminder for young people that, you know, anything that they put their mind to, that they can succeed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Um we touched on this briefly uh, earlier uh, when we talked about, you know, you being a native of Mississippi and, you know, Medgar also being a native of Mississippi and the similarities that you, you two share, like alma maters. Um, but tell me again, what does Medgar mean to you when you think about his legacy, when you think about um, him as a person? Um, what does he mean to you? Well, if we were quite honest we would all have to say African-Americans and especially (laughs) those in the South that I am because he was. Mm. Indeed. Because he was bold and because he was brave. Brave enough to stand up to the injustices that he saw. Then we could then follow behind in his footsteps. And I gave an example earlier in a question that you asked. There's no way that I could have been a journalist in Mississippi had he not sued that television station. So I'm grateful because he helped put me on the path that I am on. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Um, I just have a few more questions, Katina, because I know you're busy. Um, Tell me about uh, some upcoming book signings that you have. Um, Can can we expect any book signings? You can. Um, I I think I told you during the last interview that God gave me the idea of three books in three months. So the first book was Emmett Till, Sometimes Good Can Come Out of a Bad Situation. The second was Medgar Evers, He Taught His Kids to Crawl So We Could Stand. And then coming up in August, I am going to complete the vision that God gave me, and I'm going to release a third civil rights book for children. And once that book is released, then I will go on a tour. Um, But I'm waiting for that 
final book to be released before I come out with a promotional tour of the books. I love it. I love it. Where can our listening audience uh, follow your social media um, experience and kind of keep keep abreast with you? Well, I'm sort of all over. Uh, I am on Instagram and I am on Twitter as just my first and last name, Katina Rankin. I am on Facebook at Katina Rankin Official, and I spell that with a K. It's K-A-T-I-N-A, and the last name Rankin, R-A-N-K-I-N. So again, just Google Katina Rankin or Katina Rankin Official on Facebook, and you'll be able to find me. I love it. And can our listening audience, can uh, they reach out to you via social media for, um, you know, appearances and and book signings, like requesting you to to show up and read at their schools or? Absolutely, because that's what it's all about, right? It's about empowering another generation to learn because, you know, I I, I think I mentioned mentioned this to you during the first interview with Emmett Till uh, when I would go out to the elementary schools and the middle schools and I would ask them, have you heard of Emmett Till? Have you heard of Medgar Evers? They had not. And so that's one of the burning desires that God put in my heart is, is that you teach a younger generation about these powerful civil rights icons so that, you know, it can whet whet their appetite about them. And so by the time they get to high school, they can ask those history teachers and and other teachers about, you know, who are these people? Who who is Emmett Till or who was Emmett Till? Who was Medgar Evers? why were their lives important and what can we learn from their lives and what can we take away from what they were trying to do um, and the injustices that happened to them. And so absolutely people can reach out to me and, and have me to come out and read to their schools. An easy way to do it, though, would be to email me. And you could do so at info at com. Again, that's info at com. I love it. I love it. And uh, Katina, I just have two last questions. Um, In my haste, um, I did read the book. Mm -hmm. Um, You you actually signed it. And um, it's it's another one of my pride and joys. Um, But I'm trying to remember if I saw a book dedication. Was the book dedicated to anybody? And if not, would you like to dedicate it to somebody now? No, I um, did not dedicate the book to anyone. And um, I think it's just open for all, anybody who believes in truth, because uh, the hashtag that I've been using when I signed the book is truth prevails, because decades after uh, Medgar was killed, then his killer was finally served justice and had to serve, you know, time in jail. So truth thus prevails. So for anybody who's looking for truth or wondering, you know, will truth prevail? I dedicate the book to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. My final question, Katina, is, um, you know, you're an accomplished journalist. Um, You've got over 25 years in the uh, news business, uh, both television and radio. Um, And you're also, um, you know, an author. Um, So you wear multiple hats. You were in PR for a while. Um, when you when you look back on your work and the work that you've done um, and the lives that you've touched through your work, um, what is the biggest takeaway that you want people to get from the things that you've done, the work that you've done, the stories you've covered, the places you've been? Um, what is it for that, that young man or that young girl out there that's listening to this interview that you would like to say to them? First and foremost, trust God. And if you trust God, 
and obey him, anything is possible. I am nowhere near perfect. Don't profess to be perfect. But I trust him. And I trust the process that he takes me on. And so for anyone listening, I say trust him. Because he'll take you on a wonderful ride. Because long ago, as a young girl in high school, I remember a counselor telling me that I should never try to get into journalism because I was from that little bitty small town, McGee, Mississippi, and that, you know, I have the Southern accent and the Southern dialect and you'll never make it on television. But I trusted God and I said, God, this is what I want. Teach me. And he did. And then when I was able to make it in television, because all I wanted to do was really anchor in my hometown so that my mother and my grandmother could see me. He put the desire in me to write, but write children's books. And so my career sort of shifted a little bit because I still love journalism. I still love telling wonderful stories. I love bringing stories to life on the anchor desk and letting people realize why each story that I'm reading to them is important. But by the same token, when it's time for me to go to my final resting place, I don't want people to just remember me as a television anchor. I want them to remember me as a television anchor who tried to make a difference in education, who tried to teach children that literacy is important and that knowledge is power and that they should always gain it and that they should always go after their dream. Love it. That's powerful. That is powerful. Uh, Katina, thank you so much uh, for this interview. Um, it was not only eye-opening, uh, but it also... Um, it touched the soul. So thank you for that. Thank you for your time. Um, I'm all out of questions, but I wanted to open the floor to you. If there's anything else you'd like to say to our listening audience. No, just thank you for supporting me on my journey uh, with all of the children's books so far. I can tell you that more are in the works and I'm excited about that. And so I hope you'll continue to um, support me and, you know, just follow your dream. And again, trust God. I love it. Thank you so much, Katina. Thank you. All right, you were listening to an interview with award-winning journalist and author, Katina Rankin. If you're listening to this on SoundCloud, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. We're also available for uh, iPhone users. If you've got an iPhone or a Mac, you can listen to us by going to the iTunes Store. Uh, search uh, podcast from the iTunes Store. Search for our name, uh, Redefining the Counterculture or Witten Radio, and you'll um, be able to download and stream this episode. Uh, we're also available for Android users. If you've got an Android phone, uh, tablet, or computer of any type, you can find us in the Google Play Store. Uh, just search Google Play. Again, search for the show name, and you'll hear this interview. Uh, if you've got a Roku player or a Roku smart television, you can watch this interview right in the privacy of your own home. We've got over 200-plus hours of original content programming interviews all free of charge uh, from the Roku Channel Store. Just search for our name. Once you search for our name, download the app, and you can begin streaming all free of charge. Lastly, we are on YouTube. If you've got a YouTube um, account or if you just casually browse youtube just search for our name witten radio uh this interview with katina will pop up as well as uh, our many many others uh drop by leave us a comment make sure to subscribe